previously on Just a Bit Outside. Just a Bit Outside. Hello, everyone. Just a Bit Outside. Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball Week 17. We are back to talk the most important fantasy baseball league out there welcome in everyone we have winners we have losers ebony and ivory big points this week and to talk all about it my friend the co-host of this show the one the only justin Deering. justin welcome in to this all new revived just a bit outside travis i have a question just to open off the front of the show if a podcast isn't recorded, or I'm sorry, if a podcast is recorded and no one listens, does it make a noise? <laughs> Guys, we do this for you, and it's not a good sign when Blake is the only person to make any comment about the fact that there has not been a <laughs> podcast in a month. Look. And the only reason Blake made that comment is because me and Blake were enjoying tasty wings at a place called Duff's, and he goes, Hey, is the podcast dead? That was the extent of, <laughs> there was no like, I wonder if the guys are alive. I wonder if like anybody's injured. I wonder if Travis fell out of the pool pit and got a concussion. Like what happened to the podcast? It was just, as you heard in the cold open, crickets. Crickets. And I, I think it's, uh, it's a little disheartening. You know, this, I think just a bit outside was really close to just silently dying into the podcast pasture uh, over the last few weeks. You know, we we tried to ask some guys to sub in and fill in for us on vacation. Crickets. Um, I no even one... went to Washington, D.C. and talked about this podcast on a national presentation. <laughs> I, I stood in front of 180 plus of That's my your... peers across the country and said, I host a podcast for 11 people. And did someone actually from there noticed before anybody in our league noticed, hey, y'all hadn't put anything out lately on Anchor. Um, and I just said, uh, well, thanks. I'm glad you noticed because the other 10 guys, nine guys in our league haven't said a damn thing. Um, I just want mm. you to know the 15 to 20 minutes of prep work I put into this for every show. Tonight, yeah. I've cut it down to four. I've done four minutes of prep work, and all it was was watching one video on YouTube that I want to talk about in the first pitch. And his first pitch was not great. Just a bit outside. What can you say? Tonight's first pitch is all about Trevor Bauer and a new favorite YouTube channel of mine. <laughs> we haven't we haven't had a show in a month, so we could have talked about it a while back, but now it's probably old news. But if you are not tuning in to John Boy Media on YouTube and when he does his breakdowns of ejections and just crazy things in baseball, you are missing out. Let me disclaimer the front end and say if you're watching at work, put the headphones in because the guy is really good at reading Major League Baseball players' lips. And that is uncensored. But today in baseball, Trevor Bauer had a horrible inning and did what any grown man would do. Um, he threw a hissy fit and threw a baseball from the pitcher's mound over the center field fence. First off, that was a hell of a throw. Second off, if you haven't watched the John Boy breakdown on it, please go check it out. And third, 
Terry Francona may have jumped way up my power rankings in baseball managers based on his response to what Trevor Bauer did. He was like a dad disciplining his four-year-old and just pointed to his room being the dugout and said, get out of here, you psycho. Travis, have you seen this video? Have you taken the the uh the commentary from John Boy. I just introduced you to that before the show. Yeah, but I before I really paid attention to it, I watched that video because I could not get enough this afternoon of watching Trevor Bauer act like a three year old on a major league baseball field. And you're right. Um, you know, I guess John Boy is not he's not doing anything incredibly special except he's just He's just kind of breaking it down, going along with it, commenting as he goes, and he does lip read. And Frank Kona, you're right, jumps up those power rankings because he is baffled. He throws a ball <laughs> at the backstop, gets a new baseball from the umpire, and then immediately turns and chunks it into the center field stands. And Frank Kona, oh, he's just looking at him like, you are a complete psycho. You are a child. What are you doing? It's, uh, I'm so glad I don't own him, but I'm so glad he entertains us with his psychotic outbreaks. I just, I mean, especially with the rumors <laughs> spinning around him this week oh, about yeah. possibly trading, you got to think that his value just plummeted because, you know, there's some stadiums that have people who sit in center field. What happens if he throws one out there? We have to put netting all around the field because of Trevor Bauer. <laughs> I mean, it just, so, it's just ridiculous. It's so I, I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching me discipline. And, and so Bauer also saying, you know, the frustration is boiled over because of these trade rumors, and I'm like, so <laughs> you you are a major league baseball player who might be traded to a contending team and you're upset about this? Like, I just, I never have understood, nor I don't think ever will understand that line of logic. Like, well, it disrupts my my family. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but you're being paid handsomely to entertain me with your baseball skills. So, uh, that was an entertaining throw. <laughs> okay, to all right, good point. Yes, good point, yes. On the line. It didn't tail off to the left or the right. It was dead center. I mean, he killed that thing. And that's after pitching, what, I guess it was the third or fourth, fifth inning? I don't even know what inning it was. But he had thrown some pitches. His arm had to be a little (laughs) fatigued. It reminded me a lot of that Patrick Mahomes video of him throwing the football out of the stadium. Uh, Yeah, yes, yeah. That, that, I mean, it was Patrick Mahomes just with more psycho (laughs) and just, just weird stuff. That oh, crazy, all right, Bauer. Uh, thanks for entertaining us on a baseball-related first pitch. Let's head into the Week 17 Big Story. Week 17 Big Story. Justin, I want to take us into a discussion of the last four weeks, but but specifically and at least initially, let's talk Beards of Glory, shall we? Beards of glory making moves. And I don't know how you would classify them, Justin. I'll get your two cents in a second. But uh, Beards of glory making two very, I would say, power moves 
in trades this past week. And I think it's indicative of where Beards of Glory has been over the last month and where they obviously where Colby sees their team positioned going into this last uh, these last few weeks of 2019. This is a team that has made the move to be not just a playoff team, but to be a threat in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I think if you look back at the last, I mean, he's made three moves. The Jake Odorizzi move he made on June 26 was mainly just a conversation between me and him about he had an injury, needed a pitcher. Jake was a waiver guy. He wasn't going to fit into my amazing pitching staff that I didn't have anymore because um, I traded him all away. But um, that was that was just a move then. But these last moves on July 25th and July 27th between Tigers and the Glo- uh, Beards of Glory and then also between Blake censored by the Commish and Beards of Glory, I think were immediate moves to help close the gap that may have been showing up between first and third. Um, I feel like I feel like Beards of Glory – I mean, granted, Ruckus has been coming on pretty well, like, coming on pretty hot the last month since we've been on the show. But Beards of Glory really has—I feel like they were—they were pretty much set as a playoff team. I don't think they needed to make a move to make the playoffs. I think they needed to make a move or two to contend for that uh, for that division, and then also make a push late into the playoffs. And just in my opinion, I think uh, it this these two moves here definitely propelled them in my opinion to one one or one a with Aikens army i think that makes the two best teams in that division right there and it'll be fun just to watch them down the sh- the stretch over the next you know 6 weeks before we do another play before we do another uh, podcast to see where they end up yeah so colby obviously going for best available right um with javier baez and dj lemayhu already on his 25-man roster, he goes out and acquires Eduardo Escobar, uh, I believe at the time number three in the second base rankings for 2019. And then was it a day, day and a half later, he goes out and acquires Cattell Marte, the number one second baseman. Now, both these guys have dual position eligibility, second base, shortstop for Marte, and Escobar, third base there, and then outfield for Marte. So, so there, he goes out and gets best player, but obviously goes out and finds best player with the flexibility. Now this roster that I'm looking at, I think you're right. I think Beards of Glory, and I said this a moment ago, has powerhoused move himself. He gave up prospect talent. He cashed in some of those chips, which, cool. Prospects are cool, but the bobblehead's cooler. And I think Colby is all in on that bobblehead with this lineup and these, uh, you know, uh, how many top 10, top 20 scoring guys does he have on this roster now? That probably would have been a good pre-show, you know, research thing, but I didn't do that. But his lineup stacked is my point. And these guys coming into the fold with LeMahieu, Baez, Freeman, Chris Bryant, and the surprisingly consistent Shinsu Chu, Pete Alonzo, home run derby champion. You know, uh, Beards of Glory, uh, though they sit in second or third place, our standing should update here any moment uh, with Sunday Night Baseball wrapping up, uh, is in a position, though, as you said, they're making playoffs. It's now get into the playoffs and, and cause some problems for other teams to get to the bobblehead 
Absolutely. And if you, uh, that, that, that stat you were looking for, he owns five out of the 20 top okay. scoring baseball players. And then it looks like, you know, since by the commission is sitting in there at one, um, shooters have one Van Buren boys have one, maybe two, Wichita white wolves has a couple, but I do believe that that gives Colby the most top 20 point gatherers for this year. Um, and I think if you look at his lineup, what he's done is by picking these guys that have that flex, because yes, he does have the number one and number two second baseman points wise in major league baseball with these two trades. He picked up two of the top players, but since there is that flex, I guess, I mean, if you want to call Eddie Rosario putting up 300 points and averaging 3.4 a game, as a weak spot or the Sensu Chu at 3.1 a game, he pulls one of those two out, plugs Kettle Marte right in. And I mean, this, I mean, his lineup, his, his weakness is catcher. I wonder if he wants JT real new to His weakness. I mean, on this team is catcher and I'm not even looking down to this pitching because he's just setting himself up to, to kind of do what you've worked on and building that lineup to score a ton of points just to hope that the, the pitching side is, um, is, uh, is, is, you know, kind of, you know, just got to be average or a little bit better than average to carry you. Yeah. Which is an interesting conversation of itself. Why we, why we wrap up the beards of glory portion of the big story, because beards of glory at the end of week 17 is going to be on a four game losing streak, right? They have not won since we took our sabbatical or hiatus, whatever the correct term is, but they're going to find themselves tied for second place in that Rick Vaughn division. They're going to find themselves, uh, let's see, on the point scale, they're probably still going to end up being third technically, right slightly behind Van Buren boys. And But this is a team that Colby said, this is my chance, right? This is my opportunity. And I don't know, I, I find respect in that. Because it's all in. This is he's giving up a lot of future pieces. Now he still has future pieces, but he's got pieces for now. He's got opportunity now. He sees a bobblehead in his future, and so uh, a Beards of Glory team that, quite honestly, Justin, I don't know if we've ever seen this franchise be in a position that it's in and do this kind of of playoff push, powerhouse type move. And I think it was, I mean, the just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about what it, uh, not to out anybody on uh, how the, the negotiations went down or anything, but it very much was like, hey, Colby, where are you at? Are you looking to, are you, are, are you looking to make a move? Because I've got some people expiring. I've got this. And I mean, Travis, me and you were talking about one of those players, and we had a moment where the, the conversation stopped. And 10 minutes later, it was done. That's how quick it was. It wasn't a let's go back and forth. It was like, I need these guys to get pushed through to this trade. I need it approved, and I need them in my starting lineup before we get to the Monday deadline. Yeah, It was quick. I mean, Kobe was all in, and then within the next day and a half, two days, based on what Blake's told me, it wasn't too big of a negotiation there either. It was majorly just like, I want those players. Here's what I'm willing to give up. Yeah, I realize I'm giving up some pieces that are going to be around for a long time for other teams. But again, like you said, prospects are cool and all, but the bobblehead's great. Um, 
And I think there's some teams that we could talk about here, mine included, that are already looking towards what those next crew of people are looking like, next prospects, because this season maybe didn't pan out the way expected. It's a great, in my eyes, both of those trades, great for both teams. I think you're going to see, you know, Blake's going to get some talent. I got some talent in those trades and see what it does to Colby's team. And hopefully it pays off both ends for him as well. Before we head on to uh, wrapping up Week 17 games, Justin, what else sticks out to you just in general over the last four weeks? You know, anything surprising to you uh, in this you know mid-summer lull? Um, the lull is the right word. The, um, and I think me and, me and Blake had the conversation about it at lunch the other day. I was just like, man, it just feels dead. It feel, and I think I told somebody else that it feels like the new car smell is worn off huh. of this season. And we're into that point of the year where it's like, geez, just get to the playoffs. So we have something fun to do. <laughs> I think for me, one thing that I have just, I mean, ruckus has come on in the last four weeks. I haven't seen what they've done this week. I'm still scrolling. But um, the Ruckus has put up a ton of points and has beat a ton of people, especially over the last three weeks. I know that long extended week, I had the privilege of pet playing them in the long extended week of the All-Star game when they put up 521 points, <laughs> which was ridiculous. And the week before that, they, uh, they took down Wichita White Wolves. The week before that... They fell. They had a real bad week and fell to Blake. So the last week that the last loss they had was week fourteen. So they're on a three, four game winning streak, whatever three game winning streak, putting up a lot of points. And I think that may have been to go back to Colby something Colby saw happening because, like you said, Colby hadn't won a game since our last podcast. But he looks back and sees Ruckus storming. He has to do something to hold on to that third spot. And I just. Uh, I'm having flashbacks to last year's podcast where we sat every week saying, man, what happens if Ruckus just takes off? And it's it's happening. Fantrax has updated Week 17. Sunday Night Baseball is in the books. And let's give you the most current standings as they are heading into Week 18, the conclusion here of the Week 17, just a bit outside. Aiken's Army, best record in the league. Let's just... All let that soak in. Let me say it one more time. Six-game winning streak. Aiken's Army, best record in the league, 12-5, and five, sits atop the Rick Vaughn division. Van Buren boys, who just lost to my Aiken's Army, sits at 10-7. and seven. And those storming Royal Ruckus, now tied with Beards of Glory, for third place at 9-8. and eight. The interesting part here is about 70-point difference between Ruckus and Beards of Glory. Royal Ruckus has the tiebreaker and the lowly censored by the commission, who I think is surrendering the season yet again by his recent trade sits at six and 11 Pedro Serrano division reigning champion, Wichita white wolves, 11 and six now on a two game winning streak, Ebony and ivory who I would have answered your, that question I gave you, Justin, as the big, you know, the, the team that I've noticed over the last month, Ebony and ivory still, very much a threat as we approach the playoffs. A three-game winning streak now, and they are in the heels of the Wichita White Wolves at 10-7. and seven. And watch out. Lan, I think, is still alive. I think he's with us. His Bolding Beavers are 9-8 and eight now after Week 17. Los Tigres has a, is now at 5-12, and 12, and the six-shooters 
sit at the very bottom of the league at four and 13. Justin, week 17 games, where do you want to start? I will tell you, sources tell me that the Bolding Beavers owner's land is alive and has recently been seen kayak fishing on Lady Bird down in Austin. Don't know how it went, but I heard he was taking the yak out for a roll around I did, the I league. did, so I did notice that in recent text messaging with Land and you and I, and uh, he talked about fishing, but as soon as Just a Bit Outside came up, he went silent. Did you notice that? Yeah, he did. I did notice that. Maybe maybe I should do the same thing, and maybe I should take my kayak down to Austin and hang out with Lynn, because it seems like not talking baseball and spending more time fishing has been a lot better for his season than mine. As we jump into week 17 is what you want to look at, the games yep, that just Let's happened. break these games down, shall we? Let's start. All right, so let's let's start right with uh, Wichita White Wolves taking on Censored by the Commission because this one had a little comedy going for me this week because early in the week, uh, my buddy Blake and I had lunch like we do every Tuesday. Um, we have Tuesday lunch. We have hot wings, and we split 30 wings between the two of us, and sounds, I usually eat 20. Sounds like a rom Because that's what I do. And Blake eats 10, um, and we both spend the same amount of money. But we were talking about trade deadline, and Blake, where, where are you at on who you're going to trade? Because uh, it was in the middle of some, hopefully trading some folks. Um, and Blake said, I'm going to wait till the end of the yep. week, or at least until Wichita White Wolves puts up enough of a lead, and then I'm going to start working on some of these expirings that I've got that will look good to go. And um, he did that because I think two days later – Chris went up by 30 or 40 points. But the best part of that was Blake pulled the trigger on all those trades and then closed the gap to like four <laughs> points. And he was very stressed and thinking, man, did I really just trade my whole season away and I'm going to end up beating Chris? But don't worry, Blake, you lost 258.8 to 233.3. Um, former censored by the commish player Ozzy Albies and um, Kettle Marte had a big weeks for Blake at 18 and a half and 15 points respectively. Uh, Walker Bueller came back down to earth to where he should be. And um, yeah, Blake's just for the record, uh, Ozzy Albies is still uncensored by the commish. Oh, well, is he? He I, didn't make that trade. Uh, you weren't willing to give up I, Gavin Lux. I was at one point, but not anymore. Uh, yeah, and, and one of the surprising, I don't know, surprising, one of the at least notable uh, items here of this game is censored by the commish with four additional starts on Wichita White Wolves, uh, 10 to 6 for the week. And Wichita White Wolves, even with a hurt Blake Snell giving you a big goose egg in the week, comes out victorious on the pitching side of things, 94-75. And really, that's the difference. The the pitching also leans which or I'm sorry, the offense also leans Wichita White Wolves, but it's it was this pitching difference with four less starts, but big weeks coming out of Trevor Bauer, who we talked about, and Jacob DeGrom and Kyle Gibson, uh, even with the goose egg out of Blake Snell was was enough. And when you when you can't get at least subpar, somewhat decent, close to average, good pitching. You're never going to win. And coming out with, with the stack uh, starts and coming up with only 75 has got to be a little disheartening all around. I I, I do find Good. another bit of humor yeah, in this game. You know what? I'm could, okay spending the rest of this episode talking about the humor. 
All right. The humor of this one would be that on July 25th, <laughs> early that morning, uh, there was a conversation between me and Chris about a potential second baseman that may be available for <laughs> trade still. And he said, no, I'm good. I'm enjoying watching Jonathan Villar strike out. Uh, and then he dropped him yeah. that morning. He dropped him. And then Jonathan heard news through the Twitter, I guess, that uh, that he had been dropped from the Wichita White Wolves and went on mm-hmm. to put up over 30 points over the next four days. Yeah, and and now he's a member of the Aikens. Yeah, absolutely. He is yeah. starting. Uh. <laughs> All right, Travis, let's move on Thank to you, a different game. Thank See you, if Chris. I can find humor in another one. Let's let's jump over to Royal Ruckus, my surprise team of the last month, and they took on the six shooters. Brady. Brady, if you're out there. Are you alive? First off, happy birthday. Second off, congratulations on your new job. Third off, uh, you had Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> on the bench this week who scored almost a million points. Travis, when you look at Ruckus versus the six shooters, other than the absolute failure of not starting Paul Goldschmidt and also having, you know, just – the best luck ever with the Stanton signing and everything else that's gone on. Uh, what do you see here? Well, I I see nothing but a failure and not having Paul Goldschmidt. And, and get it, I know Goldschmidt hasn't been Goldschmidt of two uh, in 2019. But if you look at Goldschmidt over the last uh, two to three weeks, especially, there is zero reason, zero that Goldschmidt should not have been in your starting lineup for Week 17, especially when you're looking at some of the the players he has in this lineup. He averaged 5.9 points a game this week. He has been averaging over the last two weeks 4.8 points per game. This is the Paul Goldschmidt the last two to three weeks that we all expected and wanted 47 and a half points on the bench. And I think Brady has to be called out for this because this is the, this is clearly not paying attention and leaving guys like uh, Castellano in your lineup or, or even guys like, uh, let's see here, Brian Reynolds in your lineup. Yes, 16 and a half points, but over a Goldschmidt, I, I think there is a little bit of, of a lack of preparation i don't know if it's the birthday i don't know if it's the new job i don't know if it's the fact that i'm a little bitter that he won't respond to my text messages i don't know what it is but paul goldschmidt not in this lineup is is a travesty to baseball yes i said that that's a real line i just said so what was the trade you offered him i i don't know he won't respond to my text messages Moving on to Bolding Beavers taking on the Beards of Glory. The big guy, the big team of big moves this week uh, felt their fourth straight week. Bolding Beavers 304 over Beards of Glory at 240. Um, Lan, and we've talked about this, and we've talked about how Lan's pitching staff was good, but. I didn't. I don't think I realized till this week as I was scouring every team with a winning record to try to figure out which of my scrubs they would take. Yeah. Um, just how good his pitching staff was, because after the trade with Blake, that got me Mike Miner back, who's purely going to be flipped if anybody's interested, um, and probably nobody is because if the Rangers don't trade him, it's not worth it. Hey, that's great negotiating live on the podcast. Um, I didn't even call Land because I'm not sure that 
Mike Miner could fit anywhere in that starting lineup with Bieber, Bumgarner, Cole, uh, Giolito, and Max Scherzer, even though Scherzer may be missing his next start. 138 for his pitching staff, 21.5 coming from Ian Kennedy with three saves for Kansas City. That's nuts. I didn't realize he was that he was doing that good as well. So um, I'm interested. My big thing for this is I want to see Beards of Glory next week. I want to see what they look like next week. But when you look at this team, it's just this game. It's just crazy the amount of production he's getting from some of the offensive names. And then it, the, the fact that he's, I think, kind of quietly built probably the best pitching staff, in my opinion, in our league. Yeah, I think Land has. I, I would I would agree with that. I, and obviously, even you know Scherzer hurt and missing his next start, uh, reportedly not the greatest thing. But you think, oh, I mean, you look at this: I mean, Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner, Giolito. Uh, is that how you say it? Giolito. Um, <laughs> capital Toe. Based on Chris's pronunciation let me know. a month ago, it was a capital let me toe know. at the end. Uh, but coupled with some of the offense that he has, uh, you know, we could talk Andrew Benatendi. We can talk, uh, you know, uh, Ato- Shohei Otani, who's having a very decent season with the Angels, but we can't look any further than hand. Am I clear to say, hands down, the National League MVP for 2019, Christian Yelich, with 36 home runs already and 79 RBIs. He's hitting a cool 338 thus far, and he is a fantasy baseball points machine. Uh, What a trade this was for Lan to not only keep such a solid starting pitching rotation, but to add the National League MVP uh, here a few weeks ago, uh, I guess that's probably about two two months plus ago. But um, just just a really good, I guess, time of year for the Bolding Beavers as they find themselves uh, really fighting for not just a playoff spot, but fighting for position in that Pedro Serrano division. Let's jump over to Ebony and Ivory versus uh, the Tigers. We'll just talk about Zach's team. There's really nothing going on on the other side, <laughs> um, other than new faces and you know figuring out which where to put the tape over the locker to put the new name for the person who's only going to be here for another month, month and a half. Um, that trade, that Christian Yelich trade. It, I mean, I I remember us thinking that maybe that wasn't the smartest move, but it has not hurt him. And actually, his team is like you said earlier. It's kind of built steam and starting to starting to peak maybe towards the end of the season, getting to those playoffs. Um, I guess Robbie Ray heard rumors that he may get traded. Put up thirty two points this week. Uh, Ebony and Ivory ended up three hundred sixty two point five. One of our higher points of the year. Uh, Los Tigers at two twenty four. Uh, if you were looking at this lineup for Ebony and Ivory, that for the most part across the board, I don't see a ton of holes. Where would you say in the next 15 days up until the trade deadline that they could make an improvement to maybe give them that extra push against Wichita White Wolves and, and bring home that division? Well, I think if there's anything we learned about Zach, is Zach's not, Zach is willing to, to pull a trigger on a deal. And, and that Christian Yelich, Aaron Nola deal is, is a great, you know, point in case because that's a classic win-win trade, at least thus far, uh, however many weeks ago that trade was. 
and so I'm sure Zach is paying attention to those things. But you're right. Uh, there's not a lot of holes on this Ebony and Ivory team. And so I don't know if Zach has uh, – I don't think he has the pressure uh, to go out and fill any of these little holes that he has. 225 offensive points this week, coupled with that 137 pitching points. This Ebony and Ivory team, and we've known this for, for several weeks, especially from the start of summer, is very good. This is a good team. And the likes of Edwin Encarnacion, Daniel Murphy, Jose Ramirez, Ronald Acuna Jr., Michael Conforto, and Sterling Marte, A.J. Pollock, uh, these kinds of names together, they're all having terrific 2019 campaigns, which is obviously paying off for Ebony and Ivory. And so if you're Zach, and and I'm thinking Zach, he's going to listen, and if it makes sense, sure. But really, I think he did all of his trade deadline moves you know, two months ago when he went and reinforced his entire pitching staff with, with uh, Nola and Chris Sale. And those kinds of guys that he brought in to to really anchor that pitching staff. And I think you also look at week eighteen. He's welcoming Wilson Contreras, the number three overall catcher, back. Because of all team, I mean, I think every team minus about one or two would say I probably have a hole at catcher. But catcher's so weak. Um, he luckily on the waiver wire was picking up uh, Christian, whatever his last name is, from the Red Sox, who who slots in both uh, first base and catcher, and he's the number five overall catcher. So he didn't take too much of a step back there, but I think Wilson Contreras coming back, averaging just under three points a game, uh, slotting back into that catcher will help just continue those points. There won't be a dip there. Yeah. Um, and then you just, I mean, uh, Acuna Jr. exited the game today uh, with, I don't know what's going on, but. He collided with uh, the shortstop from the Phillies. So who knows if he's if I mean that if anything if that was serious enough that could cause some maybe some sort of move that needs to be made just to fill that spot because I don't know if you want to roll Kyle Seager or much out there on the waiver wire right now. So I mean I don't think I think we would all know if it was serious it would have been all over Twitter by now. So I'm not thinking that the Acuna Junior is too serious. But yeah, that I mean that Zach's team. That team, it looks like it's it's really very and, up and ready to roll towards these parts. And there's some depth there. You know, he held on to, say, Dallas Keuchel all year, even when he was not on a team for most of the season. And that's and that's starting to pay off. Keuchel's not in that starting lineup most weeks, but he's there for depth and, and, and you know, for any potential injuries, what I'm trying to say. Rick Porcello in the same way, Jose Quintana. These aren't guys, but... Uh, these aren't guys you're just going to throw in your lineup, especially when you have some of the starters he has. But these are guys that you can fall back into outside of that catcher position, which is just so shallow for any team, really. Um, outside of the, you know, outside of Gary Sanchez and Real Muto, really. Um, you know, you kind of have you want that depth for those injuries, and Zach has it. And uh, you know, th- this is a team that's that is. It's firing on all cylinders at the right time of year. Oh, yeah. And then the final game is obviously your game. Aiken's Army. Oh, I just lost my my live scoring. Just went to 18 as I was talking. I don't even know who you Van played. Buren Van Buren boys. Buren yeah. boys. There we go. <laughs> and Army continues their hot streak. 306 over the Van Buren boys at 291. Um, I would say if I looked at this, you have an issue at catcher. Gary Sanchez just sucks and is now on the DL again. You should probably trade him. <laughs> 
Um, I'm just, Nelson Cruz had 57 yeah. points this week. Yes, he did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, Nelly Cruz loves Minnesota. He loves Minneapolis. What went right? What went right for you this week other than uh, Nelson Cruz, and what went wrong for the Van Yeah, Bulls? so, you know, in this in this game in particular, um, both teams put up really good offensive points. 217 Van Buren boys, 196 Aikens Army. Um, and you expect that, I think, if you look at these lineups, uh, you know, uh, there's potential for big points offensively, and that's what we got. Uh, Mankata, Springer, Kepler, Hicks. Uh, Polanco and Devers all with 25 plus points each in that kind of area. And, and army has, you know, like you said, Nelly Cruz and Mookie Betts and Eugene Suarez is having a really great July there at third base. And, and so the offense really picked up. It was the pitching. That was the difference and 110 on the army side, 73 from the Van Buren boys. And, um, you know, Things have got to be looking up a little bit. You like to think that Patrick Corbin continues to be the steady horse that he's been all year for the Nationals. Martin Perez had a down week for a Martin Perez 2019 version. Uh, Marcus Stroman traded. Has to be a good thing for Marcus Stroman and his fantasy value. Uh, just getting out of Toronto, out of the hitter-friendly park there and, and being in a different environment and kind of those things. And so... Uh, it's just a down week for Van Buren boys, but this was a big game from a Rick Vaughn standpoint, Rick Vaughn division standpoint, because these this was a game for first place. And uh, to be able to have yeah. a two-game separation now for Army against Van Buren boys is a huge, uh, is a huge I don't want to say advantage. It's just a nice cushion. That's probably a better way of saying it. It's a really nice cushion with with just a few weeks left in the 2019 campaign well there you go week 17 winners and losers um travis i know we are heading into that trade deadline and hopefully over the next couple weeks or next 15 days whatever it is uh the chatter picks up maybe few. i don't know how many major moves will be made but i think there will be some more moves here and there um just let me know. We're going to do a middle section here that we didn't plan. I want to click through these teams one at a time. We're going to start with Bolding Beavers, just so you can get your computer ready. And if you are looking at each of these lineups, what do they add? Or if they need to trade something away, what do they uh, trade away? Mm. Uh, you, to get, no prep. You just to get better no for prep, next year or for the year. Because yeah, this just is live. No one listens to this. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're starting with Bolding Beavers. You want to know trade talk is what you're going for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. If I look at it, I'll start I'll start with this. We'll go Bolding Beavers first. If I'm looking down at it, obviously it's not pitching. It may be finding another spot to fill in that for that Pedro Strop uh, spot down there. It's kind of – I mean, just averaging at the relief pitcher, looking at a three-point average there per game. Um, but up here, uh, I just I, I give Land all the props in the world for continuing to roll with Scott Kingery. I mean, the man has held on to that dude for so long. There's got to be a move out there that could be a second baseman or an outfielder move just to kind of help out there. Yeah, so let me throw out an idea, and I know it's an idea because I think I know Land well enough that he's – He's not going to do it, but the idea being, if you are 
the bolding beavers who are in the position they are in with five weeks to go, which is a game above third place right there in the hunt. Um, you know, is, is Biggio worth the spot on your roster right now? You know, you, we could have a whole nother discussion about should he have even called him up. Um, but he did now he may have more value to bolding beavers as a trade chip than he does on the 25 man roster for him because there's value in the young player who still has his rookie contract. Uh, you know, he has two and a half years of that still ahead of him. Um, this Biggio, a piece, if you're land that you seriously consider to bring in, whether it's a death piece or another bat, some more points, because as you get towards the end of this season, you may need something like that to kind of overcome the reigning league champion. All right, let's move on to the next team on my list would be the six shooters. Let's move on to the six shooters. This is a different, different look for the six shooters. It's obviously playing for next year. If you're looking up and down this roster, you've got, a couple different spots you could do. You could possibly trade off some hot players to possibly get a return back to maybe help you out next year. Um, when you look at Travis, what is the first thing that you think this team should do heading into 2020 with some of these expiring contracts or maybe some of these hotter names that they have to end this season out? Yeah, so uh, this is this is me sitting at 4-13, I'm not looking at expiring. I'm not looking at extensions. I'm not I'm not looking at any of that. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the players other teams want, and I'm going to get the most value that I can for them at this point. I'm going to get the next round of prospects. I'm going to get the next controllable rookie contract guys. I'm going to do that. Now, if that means I trade a potential extension of Anthony Rendon or, uh, you know, if I trade a controllable Elvis Andrews or even a newly signed, uh, you know, this past offseason Rizzo, I'm doing it if, if I'm in charge of the six shooters because those values are going to are, are probably never higher than they are right now for a team in a position that it's in right now. Agreed. Sorry, my my thing is tripping out again. So let's move on now. We're going to go to Aiken's Army. Let's hit that one real quick. Travis, at you, what moves are you making to make your team better? <laughs> Actually, we're just going to skip over mine and yours. We're just going to go straight in. Beards of Glory, I think we've kind of seen what they're going to do. Bolding Beaver, Censor by the Commission, we know they're unloading. We talked a little bit about Ebony and Ivory. Royal Ruckus is an, is an interesting one to me because of their recent push. If you look at the Royal Ruckus roster up and down this thing, I mean, you've obviously got Mike Trout anchoring that thing, and you've got a pretty powerful-looking offense for the most part. Altuve's looking better after his stint on the DL. Bregman's doing Bregman things as much as we hate that. Um, I look at this and see that there is a hole at the starting pitcher pitching there, and it's mainly because he's sitting here waiting for some of these pitchers to come back. Slowly, they're coming back from the DL. Um, I think you would agree, and you could expand on it just as much. Uh, I think he needs to be looking possibly in that starting pitcher area to see if he can plug in somebody who, you know, maybe is getting a little bit more than nine to ten points to start. 
Yeah, I think that coupled with underperformances from guys like Jake Arietta, for instance, uh, you know, I, I think that is why this is probably the weakest aspect of Royal Ruckus. Um, but you have to be careful with that, right? There's going to be a balance to something like this because if you start going out to make your starting pitching rotation better, you're going to have to give up some of that offense. And you don't want to weaken the offense too much because that has been such a strong point. And that offense, quite quite frankly, is what has brought Will Ruckus back to above 500 and a three-game winning streak. And so I, I think this is a really tricky situation for Will for Royal Ruckus and Luke's ball club here because um, Mike Trout is your obvious anchor. He is the core. And depending on how you feel about um, 30 plus dollar contracts next year, this may be your best opportunity to do something with Mike Trout and you're trending up, you're trending in the right direction. And as you pointed out, some of his pitchers are starting to trend in the right direction when it comes to health. And so, you know, I think Luke, and my guess here, more than anything else, I haven't talked to Luke about any baseball things lately, but my guess is uh, Royal Ruckus is going to wait for those trends to keep going up and kind of ride this out because mainly because of that offense with Mike Trout more than anything else. All right, let's jump over to Van Buren, boys. They, um, over the last couple of weeks, have, have had a few losses. And like you said earlier, you talked about kind of a, a low week. When I look at this one, I mean, this is another one of those that there's not just a blaring need. I mean, George Springer having a year. I bet you wish he was on your team still. Um, <laughs> just, I, I some of the names are surprising that they're doing so well, and that some of the other names you're like finally you're seeing Mankata come around to do what like what they've been hoping for. Um, if I'm the Van Buren boys. I think I'm a sit and listen type of, of, of person. If people want to come to me about trades, hey, I was looking at your lineup. Maybe you need a shortstop or whatever. I'm just kind of glancing into what, what's out there. I don't know that they are actively out searching for players. Maybe it's a starting pitcher if they can get a hold of one at a decent price. It doesn't cost them a lot because they are, you know, prospects are cool and they have the number two best prospect list in the league. Um, and you know, sometimes pro some people think prospects just make you feel good about a good season. But if you know me, I am the assistant, whatever the long acronym <laughs> is, I stay on top of those minor leaguers. So it has nothing to do with how my season's going. Um, but I do have the best prospects in the league. So whatever. Um, what do you think? Are you, are you kind of feeling the same way that they're kind of a sit back and look and kind of see what happens? Or are they actively shopping, looking well, for something? To I think those, I think those answers are different. I think they are. I think Phil and Dustin are only listening. What I think they should be doing is taking one or two of these blue chip prospects immediately and turning them into viable, huge, right now impact pitching and offense. This is the absolute best Van Buren boys team that we have ever seen in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. This is the greatest, biggest window that this franchise has ever had. And if I'm in charge of it, if this was completely up to me, I'm taking some of these prospects who have done nothing for me to this point, who have a huge value in this league right now, uh, prospects with those rankings and those, uh, and those 
those articles and everything else, I'm taking one or two of them and I'm going out and I'm getting impact right now. And I am adding to this team right now. They have the money. They have the prospects. I'm saying cash. I'm not saying bankroll the future or bankrupt the future. I'm saying take one or two that you can't afford and get rid of them for something, for some guys, hopefully two or three guys that can make an impact right here, right now, because I think this window is the best it's ever been for them. And finally, the last team we're going to look at is the Wichita White Wolves. Um, I don't think it's, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows or not, but I think if, if everybody knows Chris is into making moves and is okay with it. If you look up and down this lineup, it's obviously offensive heavy. It is the pitching staff is he's made moves to add uh row this year and he just picked up Jeff Samarja who's looking pretty good recently off of waivers and Craig Kimbrell starting to come back after signing with the Cubs. When you look at this one, I think me personally, obviously it's second base is a, is a issue and he just dropped Jonathan Villar after his best week of the year, but that was done before he started scoring points. And then the, uh, just, I mean, that's kind of the only spot I could see and maybe some, some bench depth down there. He's had a, a bad run of luck with the pitching staff and injuries with Carrasco and Severino not coming back and now Snell out for a little while. Um, if it was me, I'm looking to make a move, maybe a move to add some depth to pitching just to solidify the those with those injuries going on and possibly one other bat in the lineup if there's one out there to get. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's all you're doing if you're the if you're the Wolves, if you're Chris here. You have uh, you're over 5,000 fantasy points on the season. You're number one in that category, total fantasy points. Now you have you have a couple of teams nipping at your heels in, in that category, but to this point, uh, you you average the most points per game as a team. You're sitting in a really good spot in that Pedro Serrano division. You're the reigning champion. Everyone's chasing you. The moves, I think the Wolves, if they make any, and I, I think the likelihood is they don't make any, but if you're going to, most likely, and what makes sense to me, is you make those depth-type moves. There's uh, The guys that he's constructed, the roster he has now, I think have proven that they can play at a high-caliber, high place, and you hope guys like Blake Snell – and and Carrasco come back, Severino comes back. You're hoping some of these guys trend health-wise in the right direction, and you kind of let that play out over the next uh, five or six weeks. But um, really, this is, you know, as much as you don't want to hear it, this is still the the top-tier team of this league um, as a reigning champion and and, and fantasy points. Well, there we go. That is the middle section that we didn't plan that actually was better than I expected, Travis. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank why don't you. you. Give us a, why don't you give us a quick rundown of week 18? It was we were approaching 51 minutes on this podcast. Yes. Yes, let me do that. Hold on. I will do. Yes. Hold on. Let's take this break. What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Never heard of it. Well, how'd you end up playing there? Stole a car. <laughs> Just a bit outside. Week 18 is upon us. Here are the big games coming up here in Haredale Fantasy Baseball. Aiken's Army will take on the lowly six shooters here in week 18. 
We got the Ebony and Ivory hot streak. Ebony and Ivory taking on the uh, Beards of Glory, looking to reverse their fortunes after a couple of big trades this week. And the Facebook, Facebook game of the week, Los Tigres taking on Blake censored by the commish. Now, a big game going on this week 18 is Van Buren boys and Royal Ruckus. This is the second week in a row Van Buren boys are playing divisional foes that have huge implications for the 2019 campaign. Van Buren boys visiting Royal Ruckus and finally a huge Serrano division matchup. Wichita White Wolves taking on Lands Bolding Beavers. A game I think Justin will not it's not necessarily going to determine the Serrano division, but it's a big statement type game if you're Lands Bolding Beavers. For you, what's the game of the week? What's the game you're paying attention to? What's the big week 18 matchup? I'm I'm depressed. This is the first time I've ever been the Facebook game of the week. I don't even know if Facebook it's, does that that game stuff anymore, but it's probably like Hulu now or something. <laughs> just in case you're curious, I got a Hulu sports tattoo, just like those commercials you've been seeing lately. <laughs> um, I think the game I'm interested to watch the most is Ebony and Ivory versus Beards of Glory, simply because the new look Beards of Glory lineup going up against one of the hottest teams of the league. I think there'll be points scored. I haven't looked. None of us have looked at uh, how many starts they have. I know um, as of recording, Beards of Glory currently has an illegal lineup because of all of his trades. So he may want to fix that if he wants to win. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, I think that's a big game to watch. And then again, see if the Royal Ruckus, because Royal Ruckus wins that game, they move based on points into a set into second place in the Rick Vaughn division, which would complete a heck of a month for them to climb back into and solidify a spot in the playoff race for that division. Yeah, absolutely. I think those uh, Van Buren boys, Royal Ruckus, Wolves, Beavers, those are huge interdivisional games that are going to put a lot of things as we approach the playoffs, the end of the 2019 season into focus. We did it, Justin. We did it. We made it. We came back. We revived the almost dead just a bit outside. How do you feel about it, Justin? You feeling good about this? Are we going to do it again in about a month? Or are we aiming for next week? You know week? what? What's the plan? I, I, I feel good. I, I think you and I should. Let's get back into a weekly routine. I don't care if any other one's listening. You and I are having fun. What do you say? Well, here's the deal. Here's what we'll do. Fade that music out. I've got an idea. Oh, oh, we've, we're abandoning the the outro. For every person who makes it this far into the podcast and can text me, I'm sorry, can text Travis, <laughs> yeah. the word of the week, and the word is Famunda, as in the cheese, Travis will buy you a, a, a Starbucks drink and send you a digital no, link won't. to a gift certificate. No, he won't. We're just, this is just called, this is audience survey to see how many people are listening. So if you hear, if you will send the word of the week to I'll Travis se- Aikens. I'll send you a GIF. Famunda, as in the cheese. You have to spell it right too, so look that up. Um, we, we just want to pull and see if you're actually listening, if you're making it 55 minutes, because I think me and Travis could make this a 20-minute show if we, <laughs> if we really tried. We'd have to put a lot of pra- or prep into that, 
Justin. I don't think we're ready. We just did zero prep and we made it an hour. <laughs> yeah, but talk baseball. I had fun talking here to a fantasy I baseball. I could have done an hour on Trevor Bauer if we're being That's honest. That's absolutely right. For Justin Deering, I'm Travis Aiken. So long, everybody. <laughs>